uh, Levi, that really flattens my Sprite. Have you heard me say that before? <laughs> I've never heard you say that before. Uh, this is one of the, the worst things that anyone's ever done to me. It was my roommate in college. I walked in. I, my First of all, in college, I used to buy a two-liter bottle of Sprite with my little, like, uh, I think you, the little restaurant, not restaurant, but, like, grocery store on campus. Sure, yeah. You know. And uh, I think I bought one a week or something, or one every couple of weeks. But I put it in a little mini, you know, our little mini fridge. And every day I would come back to drink my Sprite, and it was flat. And it bothered me. I was like, I couldn't understand. I was like, why is my Sprite flat all the time? Like, what's wrong with this refrigerator? You understand, I just moved out of my my home in high school. This is my first experience. This with, is like freshman year. This is my freshman year. First experience with a new roommate, you know, and I just, all I knew is I bought Sprite and I couldn't keep it bubbly. You know, I couldn't keep it carbonated. And so this really bothered Which Sprite, me. it's very important that Sprite is bubbly. I, yeah. It must be carbonated. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you, I like the one that bubbles down your throat, you know, I, it burns I love, a little bit. I love a good soda, you know, uh, you know, being the 4th of July just had that the 4th of July just happened. I love, you know, having a hot dog and a soda. To me, that's just like it, you know? Pinnacle. Yeah, that's that's good American living. <laughs> uh, I think I, I love hot dogs way too much. But anyway, that's a, neither here nor there. Which is the best sandwich you can get. Okay, we're just not. Throw, never, yeah, definitely not going into that. I was like, what? You think a hot dog is a sandwich? Uh, listen, I walked into my room. Our, my, it was one of those small dorm rooms where you pull the, tr- the little bed out from the... Like a trundle uh, bed. Yeah, it's like kind of like a trundle bed, but you, there were two, and it was like a prison cell uh, along with a desk to write at. And so it was a very small space. I walked in there, and uh, I saw my roommate shaking up the Sprite. And then... <laughs> what? And he, he, I saw him do it, and I was like, "Hey, man, what are you doing with my sprite?" Because I bought the sprite. He's like, "He's like, oh, he thought you said I could have some." I was like, "I did, yeah." He's like, "Well, I like it flat." So I, I was like, "So you've been flattening my sprite, dude?" I went crazy on the guy. I, I would. Yeah, I was like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you flattening my sprite? That's horrible." He's like, "Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And I mean, he didn't do it after that, but. For probably a month and a half, he had been doing it when I wasn't in the room, flattening the Sprite, and then drinking it. I was like, roommates can be the worst. Wow. That is freaking awful. Yeah. I wish that was my worst roommate experience. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait for the next next. No, story. no. I, I think you should go. Have you had any roommate <laughs> stories, or do you know of any roommate stories? And maybe we'll swap roommate stories this morning on the roommate podcast. Oh, wait. The Blacklight Podcast. <laughs> That's the name of what we're doing here. The Blacklight Podcast. This is the, um, this is the roommate podcast. The ro- <laughs> <laughs> that actually be an awesome podcast. Just like roommate stories forever. Yeah. Because yeah, they are infinite. They would be infinite. In uh, fact, you could make one about doing the pod. You know, like you could. It's I'm just sure there's uh, a bad roommate who makes podcasts in their roommates and they're yeah. in their room. At all hours of the day and night. <laughs> She's like, he's always recording. But... <laughs> My roommates probably think that about me right now. They're like, oh, I can't walk. I can't go to the basement because he's recording his podcast. Well, in, um, in college, which is the time when you mostly have roommates, 
I, I had a roommate that was um, perhaps not to my personality taste. Hmm. It was, uh, there were six of us in a room. So it was actually a, a big, it was a big room. So there's three bedrooms in this room, two people in each bedroom, and a common bathroom and a common shower. Oh. The shower's got two showers in it. Um, but it's, it's actually a really, relatively large space. And so it doesn't, six people does not seem like too many people for this space, especially because it's, you're on campus um, and you can come and go as you please. So um, four of us were pretty good friends. We were all in the two left rooms. <clears throat> and then on the two on the one white right room, there was two guys, and they weren't really friends with each other, and they were kind of friends with the rest of us. Hmm. But they weren't friends with each other. They were not friends with each other. Like they actively didn't like each other. Is that like what you mean? Yeah. one of the guys really didn't like the other guy. Oh wow! And he, but the other the other guy is very very eccentric. Mm. Like. Just to give you a, a flavor of him, he would like have a, a mechanics outfit, basically just like a onesie mm-hmm. that you wear working on a car, or you, t- you imagine someone wearing working on a car in a movie. Mm-hmm. He wore that to school every day, like one of those things where it says like Jim. Yeah, exactly, on the, on and I'd the... say like Jim, someone not his name, someone else's name. He got it at the thrift store, and he wore it every day. Not, like, okay, it was not a every constant, day, but he, like... he wore it frequently because he thought yeah. it was a hit with the ladies. He thought it was funny. He that's why funny, he was wearing it. And he's like, the ladies love it. Okay. And we're like, I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> um, it's <and> so, so <laughs> funny. <laughs> he, he was just quirky that way. He would do a lot of things for attention. Um, like he'd also wear like a normal outfit and like uh, like a tool skirt over his. Oh, okay. Like that, so he's just, really just, just wearing whatever he yeah, wants yeah. to wear. Okay. Yep. Wow. So he just is out there. for It's all for the attention. And the other roommate truly did not like this one, the, the eccentric one. So he would do all kinds of mean things to him. And, oh. And he, he would, um, well, so our eccentric one, he would he would keep these bottles of iced tea, like like the um, Arizona sweet tea. Mm-hmm. He'd keep these bottles, and he would, he would drink them, but he also would just have them, and they would just spoil. Or they'd just go be there for months. And they'd be like, they, they'd be there so long that like the air would contract and be like, like you touch it in like a tire, like it's like there's like oh. no like it's not like soft, it's like hard. So the roommate that was not a fan of him would put stuff in his iced tea. He'd dump in like Listerine or other things like that. What? He would do things just just enough to be very annoying. And also yeah, very, very, very annoying. And very, and, yeah. and, and and mostly mean. He would uh, he would get a fake number and call the other roommate and be like, <laughs> the university, like, didn't get your payments. What? And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you make the other freak out. And uh, so that was the, one of the situations. I was like, man, living with people is crazy. It's interesting, yeah. So when you were back there, when you were there, did you, like, were you rooting for either one of the roommates or were you, you know what I mean? Um... Not necessarily because they're both so. I just I don't care who cares. Uh, it was Tim and Sam. Tim is mean. Tim is mean to Sam. Then it, whatever. Um, Sam was the eccentric one. I just say, who cares? <laughs> it's out there. It's the out e- there. <laughs> does Sam know that it was Tim putting Listerine and like? Oh, does yeah. Sam know all this? Sam knows all that stuff because okay. Tim would 
tell him. Or he'd say oh, really? later on, like, oh, he's yeah, like, put stuff in your thing. He wasn't passive aggressive about no, it. No, he's no, like, it was no. very, very, very aggressive about he's it. He's like, I did this. Yeah. Just and, know. Uh, and Sam did a lot of stuff for attention. And so in that way, he would get a lot of attention, even if it was negative attention, mm-hmm. from, like, the rest of us guys or Tim. And so we, like... But, like, I don't know, I think Sam got made fun of a lot by by people at school in general. So we always try to, like, be, like, really nice to him and not, like, push him to his limit. Um, but he would also do things to provoke him. Just, oh, okay. Just, just, but they weren't nearly as mean. They are just, like, more, like, annoying things. Like, he would, I don't know, he would, like, wa- he, like, would watch, like, like, Planet Earth kind of stuff. Like, just, like, random, like, very, very boring documentaries about, like, he was, he was like, a... He was a scientist, and um, and he would like play those all night while he <laughs> just fall asleep to them, <laughs> and he just do like that, that more passive aggressive. Yeah, and Tim would do things that are aggressive, um, but Tim as a person was much more aggressive. So what we did is we'd have we'd have Halo nights. We'd all we get together. We'd play Halo. Yeah, and Tim would not want to lose. He could not lose. Sure. And so if he lost, he would like throw controllers and. Storm oh, out, slam doors, and it's like, bro, it's just a game. Take it so, easy. So yeah, there was a little bit of a of a fiery streak. He also would use everyone's dishes and then put them in the sink and then be like, I never use anyone's dishes, and then refuse to wash dishes. So, Gosh, uh, roommates can be the worst. Yeah, like they can ruin the experience. Uh, you know, I, like, I feel like even to this day, even if I'm not, because it's just you know it's me and Hills, and I guess, um, but when we go visit people, I try to be really mindful of like. Oh, I want to take. I, I'll clean your dishes that I use. And I'll right. Be, I like be like. I'm not gonna do anything that's borderline rude or whatever. You know. So because I'm like, I don't want. I want to just be, like, be really nice with people's things. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Um, dude, let me tell you. Uh, well, I'm. I'm. I'm curious. I don't want to put Hillary on the spot, but like, I'm. You two are roommates. You're married. Yeah. Are there things that you're like, oh, wow, we have to, I'm sure there are things you have to work through that are similar to roommate issues or like, I'm not married. So do you still like feel like sometimes with a roommate, you might be passive aggressive. You might not say anything. Yeah. You live in the conflict. Uh, Are there, are, are there some similar roommate things, things that aren't like just necessarily because you're married, but things Right, just living with another person. Yeah. Like. Like, oh, she drank all the milk or something. I don't, I, I don't know, whatever whatever it is. Nah, there are some things. and But I think those things are, we've learned more or less, like, that it's not so much, like, they did this thing and it's really annoying. It's more that, like, and it, it, it's, it can be that stuff. I think it's more so me annoying Hillary. Um, but it's because of, like, greater things than just, like, they do this thing and it bothers me. It's, like, mm-hmm. for example... I'm just not as clean of a person as Hillary is. And sure. Hillary is very clean. Yeah. And so she has a lot of order that she sees. So for her, it's like she wants everything to be put away, and which is totally fine. Um, but I simply don't feel like I can see the the dirt in the same way that she sees it. So she's yeah. like, everything's dirty. The floors are a mess. Like, the floors are so dirty. And I'd be like, honestly, I would have never noticed you that. Don't. I thought about you that. Don't, like, you I don't never, see the dirt. Yeah, like, I would have never seen... I'm like, and yeah. like, now like, as I'm looking at it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess the floors are dirty. But, like, in general, I wouldn't have been like, oh, man, the floors are dirty today. Yeah. And so I think it's also learning for us that, like, yeah, we have different standards. 
and I mean, it's like we, a crooked photo or something. It's like right. that, that's just not right, or that that, that the, the family photos aren't. You just have to move over. Right. It's, it's, but almost, it's things that are more subjective than like leaving dishes in the sink. Yeah. It's like I feel like leaving dishes in the sink is like that's not ideal across the board. Yeah. But like things that's like oh like how like the floor is eighty percent dirty versus like forty percent. It's like those kind of things where it's like it's hard to it's hard to like have a deciding factor. Like, sure. So I think it's more of that stuff where we like it's more personal opinions that we have about how clean something is or how we like it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely still some conflict around that, but it's more, but I think it's, it's easier to communicate about those things because it's not simply like you do this and it bothers me. Yeah. Um, even though those things probably bother her. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let me tell you about I'm so excited for this. This, uh, I, I'm, I have so many roommate experiences to choose from, but I'm going to, I'm going with the worst. I, just, I think you should just take it right to the top. I'm going with the worst roommate interaction I've ever had. And listen, I'm par- partially to blame for this. Okay? So, yeah. In, re- in, in college, I was... Oh, this is so crazy. I was a... Uh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say this first. That this story, is at some point, is going to sound untrue. <laughs> <laughs> Every part of it is... 100% true. I'm not elaborating <laughs> at all. <laughs> this is, all right, all right. Let me tell the story. All right. So I'm in college, and I have this roommate. And so we're part of the BSU, just to understand context. We're part of the Baptist Student, student Union. Okay. And in the Baptist Student Union, it's like a Christian, uh, you know, fellowship or whatever on campus. And so we're on – me and my roommates are – it was pretty much on staff or whatever. And so we, in the, in this part of my life, we were really trying to uphold, like, Christian values. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, and so... so uh, real quick, is, are the roommates of this story, are you guys all voluntarily living, like, you guys all picked each other to live with? Or is it kind of still random? Yeah. It's all... Three of us were. Okay. One of us came late and came to the BSU. We had an extra spot in our house. He went to the BSU and asked... Like, hey, guys, uh, can I uh, – his name's Tyler. We're just going to go ahead and say it. He he was like, can I – his name's Tyler Brock. <laughs> That's who he is. I love the guy, sort of. Uh, I miss him, actually. We, used to be, we were friends. But anyway, he came to the BSU and asked them to find him a place. Gotcha. And then okay. he, they were like, oh, look at this house mm-hmm. of guys. And he came to live with us. Uh, I shouldn't have said his name, but whatever. doesn't matter. I, you'll never listen to this. Um, unless someone out there hates me and is going to send this to Tyler Brock. And I hope you don't do that. But anyway, uh, so he goes. So he just has a, he's a cool guy, but he has a different sort of, um, he lives a different lifestyle than the other guys in the house. So one night, uh, I'm watching a movie Oh, no, that's not what it was. I was... Okay, so in our bedrooms, we had, like, different, like, uh, entertainment systems. Like, he had the PlayStation in his room. Okay. And we would always go and play the PlayStation in his room and go in someone else's room and play something else. But it was all, it was very normal for me. If he wasn't home, it would have been totally fine, because we were friends, to, for me to go to his room and play the PlayStation. Okay. Into the night. It doesn't matter. Like, we just... That's just how we were. So one night I'm playing the PlayStation. I think I was playing uh, the game. 
uh, either Red Dead Revolver, like the first one, because I'm old, or uh, or uh, or Hitman, because I loved Hitman back then. Uh, so I was playing one of those games, and I was just like, I needed to get to a save point. He came home, and it was like 1 a.m. or something. He came home, and he uh, parked his car. He came in. He's like, AD, I really need to go to sleep. Uh, can you... Uh, can you finish up? And I was like, sure, man, I, I'm done. So I got to a save point really quickly and I put the control down and I, but he thought, and I, I left his room, but he thought since it was so late, I was probably going to go to sleep, but I didn't go to sleep. Oh. I went to the living room, which you have to walk through the living room to get to the, get to our rooms. Mm-hmm. And so the door, front door opens into the living rooms. Okay, so front door opens into the living room. I realize very quickly that Tyler's drunk, right? Mm-hmm. This is not something, this is not the norm in our household. You, you know, like, we actually didn't drink in college at all. And so this was, I was like, oh, Tyler's drunk. But I didn't care. It was like, that's, that's he's just, he lives a different lifestyle. Right. So it was just like, eh, whatever. But um, then I opened up the, uh, I looked outside and there was a girl in in the car, in his truck, and I was like, "Oh, he's trying to bring a girl home," but I didn't go to sleep. This is where I <laughs> aired. Is a good roommate might have been like, "Let me go and uh, I'll just me. excuse myself for a minute." Yeah, and I was just kind of like interested and just like, "Huh, okay," you know. And, and so, kinda, let's see how this plays out. Yeah, and so <laughs> I sat down and watched a movie. I think I watched Planet Earth actually. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, <laughs> I watched that in the in the living room. I remember I had an IBC cream soda because I, I still love cream sodas, but that was my drink. The more, more or less episodes, AD loves soda. Yeah, I do love soda. <laughs> this episode sponsored by soda. <laughs> I sat down and had an IB cream, IBC cream soda, and uh, he walks in with the girl. The girl's name is Gidget, uh, and I had never met a Gidget before. This is the first uh, Gidget, a very southern uh, name. Is it? I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's a, it's a southern name. You'll never hear another Gidget unless they're from the south, as far as I know. Um, anyway, I was like, huh. And so she walks in. They walk in, and she introduces herself. But, gosh, southern culture, especially when I was in college, you don't. It's just like, he obviously he was drunk, but the girl was also drunk, and the girl didn't want to get come into the house when she saw me, mm-hmm. she didn't want to go back to his room. Gotcha. You know, and I, when I realized that, I was like, okay, this is weird. You know, like, I knew that they were coming in, but she, she, when she saw me, she was, like, turning around to the point that he was, like, holding on to her. And it's like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. Uh, at that point, I left and went into my room because uh, I was like, okay, that's that's not unexpected, but. It was kind of crazy, but whatever. Uh, and so he, they were like, kind of had like a mini argument, and then uh, the girl was like, "No, I don't want to stay here." And then they had, and then the girl left, and I was in my room, and all I remember, uh, Tyler has a very small white truck, um, and uh, some guy in a huge white truck. I don't even know, like he just came out of nowhere, came very quickly and picked her up, and she left, and then here comes. Cock blocked, very upset, Tyler Brock back into the house. And this is where the story begins. 
until now, it sounds like a pretty normal. Like it doesn't sound crazy. Yeah. All right. I can't wait for all uh, the stranger things to happen. So Tyler is very drunk and very. Uh, it is hard. Uh, he's just like a intense guy. He comes into. He comes back in the house. My door is closed uh, and locked, actually. And he's like, "Ad." Ad, like he's like not well. Like he's he's very drunk. He's like, "What are you? How could you do that?" He started shouting. I was like, "Tyler, I I didn't mean to do it like that. Like I was, you know, like he's like it's all your fault." Blah blah blah. He was, obviously, he's blaming me because I was sitting in the living room, right. or you know, or he he was trying to blame me for like sitting and playing PlayStation. I was like, "Bro, we do that all the time," you know, you know. But he was just upset and drunk, so he just couldn't put the argument well together. And I was like, uh, dude, sorry, man, but I didn't mean to do that. But, you know, like, uh, I'm sorry. You are, know? You, are you talking through the door at this point? We're talking through the door. Okay. At some point, I opened the door, but he was started getting aggressive, and so I closed the door. And so the, the door was open. He left again, and the door was open, and he came back, and this time he had a knife. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Like, he went to the kitchen, and he grabbed a knife, right? Like, a legit, like, kitchen chef knife. And uh, so I... I I closed the door, and he's like, "Eddie, open the door, open the door." And he was like knocking the knife into uh, the the door, like he was stabbing it into the door, but kind of softly, like I could hear him doing it, yeah. like he was just going, "Open the door, Eddie, open!" Or like he was trying to intimidate me, but I was like, "Hey, man, Tyler, you need to relax." Like I was just shouting, I was like, "You need to calm down." At the same time, I called my other roommates because <laughs> they lived there. I was like, "Hey, Tyler's going crazy." Uh, one one of my roommates across the hall slipped out of the back door and went to our neighbor's house across the street and didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Tyler and Adir are getting into I'm it, out. so I'm leaving. <laughs> I was like, Will, <laughs> he just left me. Um, and the other one slept through the whole thing, which was hilarious, too, because it, it got a little crazier. Um, and so he he's nicking on the door. And I was like, Tyler, you need to go to sleep. Relax, relax. And I was like, he's like, Eddie, just open the door. I need to talk to you. And I was like, all right, man, you move back. Move back so I can, you know, so he moved back about 10 feet at an angle, which he could still see the door, but it was still like the hallway took like a little um, S-turn jog. Yeah. And so he could look down towards the, the door. And so he opened, I opened the door like a crack. Uh, and because we were talking and I was like Tyler you really need to calm down you're out of your you're out of your mind right now and he took the knife and he threw it at the crack of the door and I did everything I could to close the door like I closed the door and it hit the crack and I called my brother I was like bro Tyler's going crazy like I I got that that is when I actually got scared yeah. you know I was like uh, uh like I don't know what to do what do I do and he's like hey man you need to call the police you know <laughs> I was like call the police on my roommate like because I hadn't even it's still my roommate right. I hadn't thought oh That's I need to, buds. yeah I had to call the cops on him so I go back to the door at some point I was like Tyler you really need to calm down he sticks the knife under the door and tries to stab my feet. Like, under the door. Remember I said that at some point, this story would sound like some of it's not real? All of this is real. This is all true. <laughs> he was like, how could you do this? How could you do this? He was a very, he's just an odd kid, man. Um, anyway, he, di- he didn't stab my feet. I was just getting mad. And uh, I think my brother told me to go to call the police. And so I still didn't want to, like, I didn't know what to do to Brock, right. you know. So... Um, 
So at some point, he sort of calmed down, and he was he's very drunk. He sort of calmed down, and he goes into his uh, he goes into his room, which is right next to my room, and he's talking on the phone to someone, and he's telling the person that he's going to kill himself. Oh my! He's gosh. like. Hey man, I'm not doing well. I'm just gonna kill myself. You know, like all this stuff about how he's gonna kill himself. And then he starts telling the person that he is killing himself. Like in the sense, like he's on the phone. He's like, I'm stabbing myself in the stomach right now, and now I'm running down. This blood coming. He's talking to his oh friend. My gosh. And and he's literally like, kind of like straining to describe this horrific scene, which I know is not happening. I'm like. He's obviously not stabbing himself. Well, it didn't sound like, you know, but at that point, I called the cops. I was like, all right, he's a not just a danger to himself. He's a danger to me. Right. Or, or he's not just a danger to me, but he's a danger to himself. Uh, and so uh, the cops came, like, probably 10 minutes later. That time, Brock was just sitting in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Watching, watching Planet Earth. Actually, I don't know what he was watching. <laughs> but he did go for a while just talking about his craziness. Uh, or talking like, oh, I'm, I'm killing myself. I'm really stabbing myself. Anyway, uh, well, the funny thing about this is Brock. Uh, okay, the police came, and this is the only time I felt comfortable to come out of the room. Yeah. Because they were like, the police came, they're like, hey, we got a call from this house. Is everything okay? Tyler's like, yeah, man, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so the police are like, are you sure everything's fine? Like, we got a call. Uh, and the police are in the living room. And so I kind of sneak out out of the hallway and without Tyler seeing me I'm like it's him he's the one he had a knife you know take I was just pointing in the side I was like take him and the police were like they were like okay and they took him away (laughs) (laughs) they took him to jail (laughs) they took him because of uh, because of underage drinking, because he was, oh. yeah, that's that was the only grounds they had. Right. But I had told them what happened on the phone. Right, right. I was like, my roommate is threatening to kill me and threatening to kill himself. So he's threatened to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I told them that on the phone. Um, and I think when if you mentioned the cops, suicide, they're yeah, probably gonna come very fast. Yeah, they were there when the cops came. I was on the phone with the nine one one lady, yeah. and so I was telling them. I was like, I'm just going to tell him. I think, I think maybe they told them, and then they took him away and uh, let him sit in the jail cell for the night. Oh um, I After that, I didn't see Brock for probably, I mean, we were in school still. I didn't probably see him for two months. And then one day, like, or I, I didn't even know what happened to him. I, I was just mad and, like, scared. And one day he came to move his stuff out. And didn't two months to move his stuff out? No, he he was doing something else. I didn't I didn't know what was going on. It was like it was a very long time. And then he just came one day and he was like, Hey, I'm coming to get my stuff. And I was like, All right. You just know because we're still friends right. in a sense, because I knew he was out of his like he was drunk. I was like and he was like, Yeah. And, like, and he was kind of looking at me, and I was like, Tyler, do you do you remember what happened that night? <laughs> he was like, No, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> He didn't remember one bit of it. He didn't even know that he came home that night. He just know he just remembered that he was in jail. That's all he remembers is that that, that night he was drinking and then he woke up in jail. Oh my gosh. That's all he remembers. It was all a blackout. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And I was like, Do you need some help moving your stuff out? And he was like, Yeah, sure. And so we, I helped him move his stuff out of the house. And I think I told him, I was like, 
Yeah, dude, you you kind of like came out with a knife, came at me with a knife, and then you were threatening threatening to kill yourself. And so I I had to do that. I had to call. He was like, "Oh man, okay, cool. Like I I appreciate that. I'm sorry. You know, like he apologized, but he didn't know. He didn't have any clue what he was doing. And uh, and that was that. That was the story of Tyler so, Brock. I never saw him again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After that, day. I'm so curious. Is like he woke up in the jail, and he didn't just come back to the place and be like, I. I don't know. I think I think maybe he knew something happened. Like, I don't know what ha- I think he yeah. knew something might have, like, he had the, I don't know. I think even before that, he was coming to the house. Less frequently? Yeah. Okay. And so, I don't know why. I didn't ask that him, honestly, crazy. why he didn't come to the house. Or it's very. It's also possible that he did come to the house. I just didn't see him. Right. Because maybe you know, like I was in class right. or whatever. Right. And so, um... I just crazy. hadn't seen him. And so I think maybe he he went home for a while. Because I think they they booked him with a suicide thing or like yeah, yeah. a suicide scare or something like that. And so they probably had to call his parents and all right. you know, all that sort of stuff. And uh yeah, so he, he quit school. He he left and uh, uh that's the story of Tyler Brown. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is a very intense roommate story. Yeah, that's the that's the worst roommate story I have. I listen to that I lived with Tyler for probably a year, so there's there's other stories <laughs> with Tyler that built up to this like, oh my gosh, uh, which which is crazy because at the same time he's also fun. Like I enjoy. Like, yeah, he's like a nice guy generally. Well, he's a intense guy. He, he when you were talking about Tim, mm-hmm. is that right? Mm-hmm. He's the one who threw the controller. Yeah, he's the one who's like intense. Yeah. They sound similar. Like, he's just an intense guy. Like, he feels things very fully. But he's, he's, uh, so it makes it fun if you're just open to whatever. Right. It's like, let's, let's go boxing. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. You know, like, but that was fun for me. I was like, okay, let's go boxing. But, so he was, he's also, he's like a football player. So, um. Dang, man. That is a, a really good story. Yeah. No, it was crazy. Also a crazy story. Did were you afraid that he would like seriously hurt you? I wasn't afraid until he um threw the knife at the door. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Like when he was nicking the door, I was like, Oh, Tyler, you're crazy, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but I was mad, but I was like, Tyler, you need to calm down. But I didn't think if I hadn't closed the door, he would have hit me in the face with a knife. Right. That's how <laughs> the knife was coming at my face. I remember it very clearly. And I was like that's when I I got like not just mad but like my um my uh, what's it called started pumping adrenaline my adrenaline started pumping yeah. and when your adrenaline starts pumping you start to cry you lose your your the faculty over your tear mm-hmm. ducts and things you know like and so like very quickly I was just like tears are coming down my face and I was just mad you know like I could I, I wanted to go and fight him but I I'm not a fighter I would have lost that fight and so um yeah that's what happened I I. I'm saying that my tear ducts start working. I, I started to just cry. That's what, <laughs> that's, I mean, that literally does happen. I mean, it sounds traumatizing. Yeah. Dang. And so I was like, what? And then but it was just funny because the next day, one of my one of my roommates was like, yeah, I went, like I told you, he went to the neighbor's house and was just hanging out. <laughs> at, there's a girl's house that lives across the street. He's like, yeah, I was at the girl's house. And I was like, what? You left me? He's like, yeah, sorry. And I was like, what? And then the other one... Uh, 
just slept through the whole thing. That's so great. Yeah, he's like, what happened? I was like, what are you talking about? How do you not remember this? Like, how did you not hear any of this? Like, the cops, you didn't hear anyone? He's like, no, man, I was slept through the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Thank you, man. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with more stories. All right, we're back. Back ruining our <laughs> reputations here on the Black Lake podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, so we thought it would be cool to talk about uh, the relationship that we have with our second photographers or our primary photographers uh, because it, it could be akin to roommate situations. We're, we're with them for a very long time, and sometimes the odd habits uh, of these uh, extra people or attached people can affect our day, right? <laughs> and so... Uh, Levi, uh, do you have any second shooter stories? Well, I, ha- I do have a story I probably should come clean on. When I was second shooting for a, a really famous photographer, actually, um, it was you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not even that bad, but um, there are there are incidences when you are shooting for someone else and you're like, I don't know these people, I don't know the clients, I don't know much about them, I'm just doing my thing mm-hmm. like it's just kind of a you know doing your thing like I'm just here to get the photos and so I had been uh, shooting with uh, some of the guys and we were all kind of getting ready to go down to the first look and so with all of us got in the elevator went downstairs and we're in the elevator and I couldn't help it but I had to fart real bad <laughs> <laughs> and I farted in the elevator <laughs> with the guys yeah. like, you couldn't hear it but you could smell it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the groom was like, Oh my gosh, it's terrible. <laughs> He's like, I'm farting. <laughs> I so I'm like, I can't own this because he doesn't really know me in any way. So I just did that and didn't Wait, say anything. It really was my groom? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, that's so and funny. I felt like, I felt so you bad. never told him? I never told him. So they just assumed it was one of the... One of the greensmen or, or something. Guys. Or one of the dads or something. That's so Maybe funny. Maybe they probably figured it out because no one claimed it. Gosh, <laughs> in the elevator with everybody? <laughs> oh, my God. There's <laughs> probably nine people in there. I felt terrible, but yeah. um, I was also like, I really... I mean, it was definitely not intentional. Yeah. And I'm sorry. So. I We were with a second shooter, uh... Like, I was the second shooter, for, and we had a third shooter, that kind of thing. Okay. There's a big wedding. So I wasn't the primary. But one of the shooters uh, was with the primary in the bridal suite. It's a big guy. Uh, he goes and he takes a dump in the middle of the bridal suite, in the middle of the getting ready. And it stunk. Like, it stunk <laughs> like the Dickens. And it was, like, it was crazy. And so the primary was like, I don't understand <laughs> Why he would do that? Like, why in the world would he do that? Like, it's so you know. And but the dude had to take the dump, and he just did it right there in the bridal suite, and it was just horrible. It's like, but that's his is his normal. Maybe he was didn't this know. like in a hotel? Yeah, it was a hotel. Like he could have gone to the main level. He could, yeah, but he didn't. He just did it right there. It was just like everyone was just like, oh, like oh my oh. gosh, yeah, it was crazy. That is a great way to to uh, to dampen a mood. Yeah, like getting ready. That'll, that'll really flatten your sprite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I'm trying to think of some other ones where, like, I had a second and they did something weird or crazy. I'm sure you guys out there in the blacklight world have stories of your seconds where 
Uh, or you're, per, you know, or you're the second. And the primary is crazy. And you farted in the elevator <laughs> <laughs> of the groom. Um, let's see. I've probably done a few things. I don't know that I've done things necessarily too bad. Uh, I guess, okay, so I, I have a pet peeve. I really don't like it when people shoot over my shoulder. Mm. Like, I hate it. Like when someone, okay, because what you're, what we create right now, like cameras are so good, right? And so a lot for me, what we create is what we have. Is like what I tell you to do is that's 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 the, thing. the picture, right. you know, the, my ability to make a square and to move you and to control what what happens is the picture. And so, obviously, there's a, a side where the photos are reactionary and you're just kind of taking whatever happens and right. someone can't really copy that side of you. But if I'm making a portrait and I'm like, okay, move here and then move here, and then someone just comes and goes, click, it just bothers me. You know, like, I, I'm trying to get over it, but I'm just like, ugh. Especially because at weddings, I'm already paid, so I don't really have to let it bother me, but it does bother me, especially when it's not my second. Right. If it's someone else... Like an uncle. Yeah, or just some kid with a can or something bothers me to no end. I'm just, you know, and so happened once where I was the second photographer and uh, I said to, uh, we were walking in a field with the groom and some guy was just following us and I didn't like to say anything to the guy, but whatever. And so I start setting up the guys and I take a picture and the guy, his camera is like literally a foot behind me shooting right over my shoulder. The sound's in my ear, and I'm just getting annoyed. It's like, you know, someone eating popcorn next to you in the movie theater and just eating it loud right in your ear. Ugh. And so I, it was just bothering me. So I turned to him and was like, hey, man. Uh, and again, my go-to way to, fi- to fix that is to say, uh, you want to shoot right now? I'll let you do your thing, and then I'll shoot. But please don't shoot right when I'm shooting. Right. But... Um, he he said, he was like, no, man, I'm getting different things. I'm getting different things. And I was like, what? Like, obviously, I'm arranging them, and then you're photographing. Right. He's like, oh, but I'm just getting expressions, man. Like, like he was, thought he was just zooming in real tight, which maybe he was. But it was still bothering me. And so um, I stopped shooting, and I left, and I didn't finish shooting the, the group. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'm done. And it, cause it annoyed me so much. So I got one photo of the groom lined up mm-hmm. and then I took a photo of the groom and I was like, all right, you can do the rest. And I left. And I, oh didn't. My gosh. I, just, I just went to the primary. And I was like, Hey, yeah, I, I, I'm done, but you might want to shoot him again. And then they did. And it was fine. But I, it, it's not like I, so I felt like I was a bad second in that situation. Yeah. Like I was just like, I can't, you know, like, and obviously, I'm a professional, but sometimes when you're a second, it just feels like the weight's not really on your shoulders. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, I don't have to do this. And I'm really annoyed. And so I'm just going to not do it. And listen, it's something I'm working on. I've, I've worked on it. I would probably wouldn't do that again. But um, I was I just, instead of shouting at the guy, because yeah. it was infuriating me, I was like, oh, okay, well, see you later. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, that is pretty crazy. I, I actually do have a, another uh, a story in that same ballpark. Um, I was shooting a wedding, um, it was that, pff, six years ago now, crazy, it's a long time ago, and it was in Iceland. So mm-hmm. I, Iceland, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Well, that, uh, that uh, is relevant and, yeah. and okay. to the part of the story, actually, because mm-hmm. I was shooting in Iceland, and we, we like, found this really cool location, and so we, uh, I'd taken a couple, we'd shot 
their ceremony at this church in Vic, and then we were driving back to the reception space. And then later on in the day, we're going to go back out and shoot, like, back in the Vic area once it kind of the party later on in the day, because it's Iceland and the sun's out all the time. Mm-hmm. So on the way back, we'd stop at this location, like, these really cool, like, hill things that kind of lead up to some cliffs. So I put them up there, <laughs> and... Were they hills, or...? There were hills that led up to some cliffs. Okay. Like, like, cliffs. <laughs> yeah, like hill things that... And then, like... then there are cliffs. Okay. <laughs> and so we uh, were shooting, and then there's, we're, we pull on all this, all this dirt road, and the couple, uh, the groom was Icelandic, so he's like, oh yeah, this is so-and-so's yard, it's totally fine, we can shoot here. Because mm-hmm. the groom, like, literally grew up in that area and knew all, all the people. It was actually really insane. Um, and then this car drives down the like the road that this dirt road that we're on and this girl gets out and she has a camera <clears throat> and she runs up to where we're shooting and she just starts taking photos of like the couple and oh, so wow. like, oh and starts telling them oh hey hey and starts directing directing trying, trying to direct the couple oh and wow like, they're, and they're like they look at they're like they look at me and they kind of look at her like what's going on and she's like up around shooting and I was like and um and she was like and I was like, hey, like, you know, this is their wedding. Like, can you leave? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Wow. And she, <laughs> and she like, yeah. And so she just stopped, took some photos, and then and then she, like, just got back in her car and drove off and left. Wait, what? Yeah. You never talked to her again? No. no. And she directed them? She or? was, like, she was trying to. They, they were kind of like. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. But she was trying to direct them and, like, get these shots and stuff like that. And I was like, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's so crazy. And I was like, I'm like, I don't. Because I'm like, I don't know if it's... Because she wasn't American. She was Dutch, I think. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if, like, it was just like, oh, this is amazing that I saw... in the it was people getting married in Iceland, and that's, like, so crazy, so I'm going to get some photos of it. Or she was like, oh, I'm kind of a photographer, and I can use this. I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah, it's just weird. And so I was like, that is the strangest thing. Like, just yeah. some random stranger coming up. Like, going out of their way to drive down a road to see this thing. They get out of the car and be like, okay, let me take over for a second. Yeah. And I was like... That's gonna be a yikes for me. Yeah, um, no, that's so weird. I, so yeah, I, that was crazy. No, but it happens a lot where you're shooting, and obviously they see that you're shooting, and it's worth it, and you put them in a nice place. And if they have a camera or their cell phone, obviously mm-hmm. they want to take the picture, right. you know. And I get it. How could I not get it? I'm taking the picture. Um, I, you know, and I I remember a wedding where I was that guy, where I was the the dude with the camera, trying to shoot the wedding when I wasn't and this is before I was had ever shot a, a wedding before I just loved photography and I didn't know the the social cues of wedding photographers yeah. and so I just had my camera and I was shooting everything you know and I, this was on film back in, you know like and uh it, it I mean I'm sure I was the annoying guy because I as soon as as soon as the photographer would leave I'd be like okay let's try this okay let's try it you know I was just doing I was just doing I had no idea that I shouldn't be doing this photographer's pictures were far better and they didn't want my I mean I don't remember if they had any of my pictures or not but I don't think they wanted my pictures at all they were just like we're good yeah you know we paid someone to come and do this and so that's I think that's I, I get both sides, but I don't yeah. like the past AD. I was like, man, yeah. you were annoying. I think that's like, more is I, I I've done this enough long enough now. I I more or less know like when the person's taking photos. Like if I'm a photographer and someone else is taking photos, if they're gonna be good, if like they, that person knows what they're doing or they don't. Yeah. Like sometimes I have people show up to a wedding and be like, oh, I can tell based on like what camera you have, 
sure. or like how you're and most of it's film stuff that's like based on what you're choosing and what you're like kind of your aesthetic that like you know something about you know something about photography doesn't mean your photos are good necessarily but I know that you <clears throat> know something um, or just like just some person just be like I gotta capture every moment yeah. just in case yeah and so would you stop someone who if they knew what they were doing and they were if they knew what they were doing <clears throat> and they are following me around um, I probably would say something, yeah. If, but if there's like, if it's like a one-off thing, if like, if I've had this happen, where like I'd be shooting with a couple, and like a friend will roll up, and they'll like take like one photo, and then like walk away. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care about that. Sure. It's like whatever. But if they're like walking around, then I'd be like, yeah, hey, like, I, I need some space. I I I was at a wedding a few weekends ago, and we're shooting the bridal party. We put them in this elaborate setup, you know, sitting down, standing up, hook, arms hooked in, and laying, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then everyone just comes with their cell phone and they're just standing there, just click, click. And it, it does bother me a little bit. Like I'm like, man, like, guys, this is all I this is all I have mm-hmm. is what I create in the frames. Right. And I think so, it's I think it's also bothersome too, because you know my photo is gonna be great. In this photo, you're gonna the one that you'll show to people first is yeah. gonna be a bad photo. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, like oh, look. And so it does. I I enjoy putting them in silhouetted silhouetted situations where their cell phones yeah. will look like crap anyway. You know, like oh, you know, especially if people are bothering me, or I'll tell them to shoot. I'm like, hey, just shoot. Like I don't care. I just don't just you do your thing, and then I'll come back, and right. then hopefully the the bride and groom will be like, hey, you need to leave. Yeah. But that's that's how I deal with it. Um, I definitely do that too. Where it's like, hey, if you want to shoot, go for it, and I'll go after you do. Yeah, I'll just go sit down. And you then know, you're like, oh no, it's okay. Like you go first. I'm like, okay, then are you done? Yeah. Or when they're shooting family photos with you, and you're like, you got to put your phone down because everyone thinks they're on the red carpet mm-hmm. when there's lots of cameras, and then they kind of try to look at every camera. Yeah. And it never fails that they try to look at every camera. I'm like, everyone, look at me. I'm the main photographer, but they always think, oh, I'll I'll handle this. I'll look at this camera over here, and then I'll look at yours, and then I'll look at this one to the right, and I'll get and each photo I'll be looking at that. No, it doesn't work that way. You'll always be looking at the wrong photo, you know. Like, and so, put your camera down. People are looking at your camera. Put your camera down. People are looking at your camera. They still put their camera up with people that are shooting, and I'm like, ah, this is so frustrating. And so I'm like, all right, you shoot. I'll put them in front of me. Don't stand there. Stand here. Mm-hmm. I'll make it a thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, and then the bride and groom. Don't do that. Mm. You know, like, hey, you need to leave us alone. Yeah. That kind of it's, thing. It is funny because I feel like it's almost always the bride and groom are like, we want this to take as little time as possible. And we pay this guy a lot of money right. to make so, sure that happens. And then they're yeah. kind of like, hey, Uncle Joe, get out of here. Yeah, like, stop. Like, the photos are already yours. Yeah. Which is, a, maybe that's wise because there's this idea that they're not going to get the photos. You know what I mean? Like, And maybe that is the truth. Maybe I mean, they won't be shared with them. but Maybe, but I'm also like, if they don't get shared with them, it's because they don't want you to have them, one. And the second thing is, like, I, and, and this is speaking from a place of love, but my mother-in-law is a great person, and I love her very much. However. She's awesome. What are you talking no, about? No, 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 it, no. It is true. Better but, not. Better. No, no, no. Just that, but I will say that, like, hey, like, oh, like, I shot a wedding for a family friend. And it was, um, and it was a few weeks ago. And so Kim, my mother-in-law, was like, I had shot some photos, and she's like, oh, I'll take the photo too. I'm like, Kim, I'm, I'm going to get you. You can have all the photos. Like, mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I, I just want it for myself. I'm like, you can have it for yourself. Yeah. But so, and then in her mind, she's like, I want it for myself right now, mm-hmm. is what she's saying, which is fine. And that's what I think how people are. They're not like, oh, I, it's, they, there's that, like, that mentality, like, I need it now. It's because I know my mother-in-law, and I know she doesn't do anything with those photos. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so like, 
I know that like, a lot of these people, it's like, I know you really want it now, but you want to look at the back of your camera and be like, I have it, but you're really, you're never going to get that photo again. Or there's a, there is still this idea or this uh, inherent sense of worth or in the act of taking a photo, it, it says that the moment has happened or mm-hmm. it, it, in our culture, when you take the photo, then you leave the situation that you're in. You know, right. like you go to the falls, you experience it maybe, but you take the photo of the falls, and then you've experienced it, and then you can leave. Right. You know, and I think sometimes the actual act of photography does something for your mother-in-law. The fact that she has taken the photo right. I mean, makes she, her feel she's complete. She's an artist as well, too. Like she yeah, paints yeah, yeah. and stuff, too. Yeah. So like for her, I think there is no moment of the arts, art space to it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just, I think, and that's where like, she's like taking a photo of her son, my, my brother-in-law, I was, and his fiance. And I was like, oh, she's like, I'm like, I'll take one too. I'm sure Patrick wants that. And so like, I moved into a better area like, where mm. the light was better and I shot the photo. And I was like, I came like, I, I got, like, you, you obviously feel free to take the photos, but like, I'll get you other photos. This. And I showed the photo and she's like, oh, that's such a good photo. I want that photo. Yeah. And then she went, and, she's like, <laughs> and yeah. then I was like, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, I know like, even if it takes me a year to process these photos, which it won't, but if it took me a year, it would still be delivered faster than these photos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I think people just want the stuff. Gosh, want I had one, this is not really a second photographer story, but it was just a random shooter at a wedding. Um, and so, I've been battling going back and forth between how I feel about this and how, like, do I care when people, other people are shooting and not caring? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to play this out at different weddings. Okay, I don't care if you're going to shoot at this wedding. Anyway, so, I was at a wedding where I was like, I'm not going to let that bother me this time. I'm just going to let it roll. We're out in a field, beautiful, uh, tall pine trees. Not a, not a field. We're in a forest of pine trees mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's where the, the wedding was. Beautiful wedding. Um, and they picked the spot. Everything was stunning. And then behind, like, there's this there's ceremony site. Uh, and I'm standing in the aisle. Then there's the bride and groom. And then behind the bride and groom off to the left a little bit uh, there's just a little girl um, and she's wearing all white but not like nice all white she's just like she's not wearing a dress or anything she's just standing there with a little point and shoot camera and she's shooting the wedding and or she's just like standing with the cameras up and she's just taking pictures taking pictures and she doesn't move and so before I would have been like hey please move like I'm responsible for the visual legacy of right. this I've been paid to do this, you know? But at this point, I was like, hey. I did. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to not, like, change the idea or, you know, change the whatever's happening. I'm just working it, working through it. So I didn't say anything to the girl. She stood there the whole entire ceremony. Every photo that I took of the couple and of the ceremony, there's a girl just in the back, you know, just standing there. I had no idea who she was. I assumed she was a guest, like yeah. a daughter of one of the guests. I didn't know. Um, I could have put my context clues together and figured it out, but whatever. Um, and so I shot the wedding. I tried to like block her out a few times, and you know whatever. I did what I had to do. But after the afterwards, I had just like went to go sit somewhere, like maybe a couple hours after the ceremony, and uh, I saw the girl go to the caterer. And the caterer was like, how was the wedding, you honey, or something? And it was her dad. And the dad had just said to her, hey, just go stand in the back and take a couple photos. And that was it. She didn't understand where the back was. 
And so she stood in the front of the <laughs> ceremony. In her mind, she was standing behind everything. Right. But she wasn't. She was. She should have been standing with the group. But she was in the ceremony just standing there taking pictures. And I was like, wow. This is the, the one time that I say I'm not going to affect anything. Right. Is a time where I should have been like, hey, little girl, like get out of the shot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not just for the shot, just like. Just for everyone. Move. Yeah. What are you doing? You know? And so that's, I think it's important that we have that clause yeah. in our, you know, in our stuff. I mean, I ended up, I took her out of the photos or whatever, but it wasn't always easy. It right. still did affect the day for them. But I think we have that clause that say, hey, we're in charge of photographers. Right. There isn't another photographer that's working that I don't control. Right. And so understanding that, it's like, okay, I need, I should be able to move you. But then there's still like, that has a little bit of... Um, play you know like mm-hmm. you can't just move people right you, you still have to I mean, worry you, about yeah you can't just control people yeah you still have Sorry. to worry about client experience you right. can't just and i did that i did the other side once i was shooting the wedding and I, my second shooter was in the aisle was fancy wedding i was happy it was a super cool wedding my second shooter was in the aisle kneeling down and someone just came and knelt beside him was kind of like moving him over and I was like, what is this girl doing? And in my mind, I just wasn't thinking right. And so really quickly, I just went and I tapped her on the shoulder. I was like, hey, do you mind just like giving him some space or something? Uh, and she did. And she she moved. But afterwards, I, I felt bad. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, like the planner saw me do it at the wedding. And I thought, oh, man, like what what should have been my right play there? I should have maybe moved my guy and right. let her sit in the aisle. Like I didn't I don't care that much if someone right. else is shooting the ceremony, but. But in my mind, she was messing up my guy's shot because right. he had to lean over. And it was just really odd. And I was like, what is she doing? She's a photographer, and she wanted to take some pictures. She, mm-hmm. you know, And so she just decided to get in there. And I was like, what in the world? You know? Whereas at cultural weddings or you know, like a Nigerian weddings or mm-hmm. Indian weddings or they're like... South Asian weddings, yeah. Yeah, there are five different photographers with better gear than you have. You know, right. Did we talk about this already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... And then you say, what do you do? You just have to shoot, you know, yeah. and prove that you're 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 worth the money they spent. But yeah. anyway, that's uh, that's a lot of that's the stuff. That's the stuff. Well, if you have any great second shooter stories or primary stories or roommate stories, yes, roommate or second shooter stories, we'd love to read them on air. Yes, that'd actually be amazing um, because this is the roommate podcast. I mean, this is the Blacklight Podcast. <laughs> Please don't put names of your roommates. So we, <laughs> we'll, we'll change the names. You yeah. can put names. We'll just change them. We're gonna call them all Tyler, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, bro. <laughs> or Tim and <laughs> Tim and Sam. Sam. Yeah. So, all right, y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.